0: Hello everyone and welcome to the December 20th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The California Court of Appeal has clarified a general contractor's duty of care over a construction site in the unpublished decision of Stephanie Kramer versus Turner Construction Company. Plaintiff Stephanie Kramer is an electrician who is employed by Rosenden Electric, a subcontractor on a construction project managed by Turner Construction Company. The construction project was at Laguna Honda Hospital in San Francisco. Rosenden had a large storage container in the project courtyard. Turner sent a message to Rosenden and other subcontractors asking them to clear the courtyard of their equipment. A Rosenden employee used a forklift to move the storage container to a new location that was unfortunately on an incline with loose gravel. The relocated storage container was used by Rosenden employees without incident for several days until Stephanie Kramer fell on the loose gravel and broke her leg. Kramer collected workers compensation which is her exclusive remedy against Rosenden Electric her employer. Kramer then sued Turner Construction for her injury, claiming the general contractor was negligent. The trial court granted summary judgment in favor of Turner Construction and Kramer appealed. The Court of Appeal, in the unpublished opinion, affirmed the judgment. Turner established that Rosenden had agreed in its contract with Turner that the prevention of accidents to its workers was Rosenden's responsibility. Turner also established that they did not direct the placement of the storage container nor consult with Rosenton on where to place it. Turner did not dictate Kramer's route to or from her employer's storage container. Kramer showed that Turner established and enforced safety rules for all of its subcontractors and had a project safety manager who oversaw the safe operation of the project and coordinated safety activities for all work. Kramer also established that the courtyard where the accident happened was used by employees of Turner, Rosenden, and other subcontractors. From these facts, Kramer argued that it was Turner's responsibility to maintain the common courtyard in a reasonably safe condition. The Court of Appeal concluded that plaintiff's evidence failed to create a tribal issue of fact as to Turner's liability. Turner's enforcement of safety rules and appointment of a project safety manager on the construction site did not obligate Turner to oversee and correct Rosenden's placement of its storage container. A general contractor owes no duty of care to an employee of a subcontractor to prevent or correct unsafe procedures or practices to which the contractor did not contribute by direction, induced reliance, or other affirmative conduct. Turner did not retain control over the work performed by Rosenden and specifically did not control where Rosenden placed its storage container. A California federal appeals court ruled in Albina Engine and Machine versus Office of Workers' Compensation Programs, which is a longshore case, that the last employer is responsible for asbestos benefits. Here's what happened. James McAllister died of mesothelioma as a result of exposure to asbestos during his work as a carpenter for three shipyard employers, Williamette Iron and Steel Company, Albina Engine and Machine, and Lockheed Shipbuilding. His wife, Karen McAllister, sought restitution for her husband's death. The Ninth Circuit Court held that in occupational diseases involving multiple employers, the presumption must be invoked against each employer before that employer must be found liable for payment of benefits. Each employer may rebut the presumption with substantial evidence that is not the last responsible employer. And the analysis with respect to each employer shall be applied sequentially, beginning with the last or most recent employer first and it need not be conducted for earlier employers once a responsible employer is found. Using this analysis, the court found Lockheed was the last responsible employer and is liable for the payment of benefits because it was McAllister's last employer and could not rebut the evidence that he had been exposed to asbestos while working for the company. And now our financial news. Workers' compensation insurers and reinsurers are operating in a risky environment similar to the one in the late 1990s, according to a Moody's Investors Service report. In its December Reinsurance Monitor report, Moody's referenced comments made by Liberty Mutual CEO Ted Kelly in November when he described the workers' comp market as a ticking time bomb. Moody said, while claim frequency has generally declined, the leaner economic times have led to injured workers returning to the workforce more slowly. Moody said the longer workers stay on disability, the more often they seek additional medical treatment or litigate, both of which increase claim costs. By the end of 2009, underwriting cash flows appear to have deteriorated to levels seen at the onset of the 1996-1999 soft market. While not going as far as to say the workers' comp market will see a repeat of the 1999 market, Moody's did say it is still risky. Furthermore, general inflation seems destined to go up at some point and possibly pressure claim severities. The tough issue for workers' comp reinsurers is that they are particularly vulnerable to inflation. Inflation magnifies lost trends in excess layers. The WCIRB reported that California's work comp insurers wrote approximately 10% more premium the first nine months of 2010. Written premium for the first nine months of 2010 was recorded at $4.7 billion. Their mid-year report, however, is not all good news. Projections place the ultimate accident year 2009 combined loss and expense ratio well over 100%. The 2009 Accent-Year Combined Ratio is the highest since 2001, the WCIRB noted. The Bureau estimated that the average cost of a 2009 indemnity claim will be approximately $62,000, an increase of 6% over 2008, and a 60% increase from 2005 figures. Former Riverside Police Chief Russ Leach could still collect money from the city for an old workers' compensation claim even after his medical retirement following a misdemeanor drunken driving incident last March. Leach claimed he hurt his neck and lower back in 2004 when his foot slipped on a ladder during work. And in 2009, he claims that he hurt his neck and back while on a city street. In 2009, Leach was out of the office for several months after back surgery. Any payment for on-the-job injuries would be on top of the nearly $10,200 per month in pension benefits, half of it tax-free, that Leach now collects from the California Public Employees Retirement System. Workers' Comp payments would not affect Leach's retirement pay. The Riverside City Attorney said that it's not unusual for work-related injury claims to remain pending long after an employee has left the city. The budget crisis at a state and federal level has called attention to the pay and benefits received by public sector workforce employees. Some politicians claim that many states and the federal government have become increasingly obligated to pay layers of benefits to their workforce at taxpayers' expense. The costs contribute significantly to governmental budget concerns. Increasingly, public employees have become unionized. Unions, in turn, demand, expect, and receive increases to layers of benefits year after year. Chief Chief Leach, it seems, may benefit from several of these overlapping benefit systems. Governor Schwarzenegger announced more comp-related administrative appointments as his term of office comes to an end. Joel Sherman of Bakersfield has been appointed to the Fraud Assessment Commission. Since 2000, he has been Director of Safety and Workers' Compensation for Grimway Farms and has been an Associate Professor at California State University Bakersfield since 1997. Previously, he was Director of Workers' Compensation Services for Southern California Orthopedic Institute. Sherman is a member of the California Coalition for Workers' Compensation and American Society of Safety Engineers. Douglas Williams of Lancaster has also been appointed to the Fraud Assessment Commission. Since 2006, he has been business manager for the Ironworkers Local 433, where he also served as business agent from 2000 to 2006. Mr. Sherman and Mr. Williams join Giles Smith of Apple Valley, who has been reappointed to the Fraud Assessment Commission. Sean McNally of Bakersfield has been reappointed to the Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation, where he has served since 2007, and William Jackson of Royal Oaks has been reappointed to the Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board, where he has served as a member since 2007. John McLeod of Folsom has been reappointed Chair of the Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board. Faced with a shrinking market, the $21 billion State Compensation Insurance Fund is scaling back its operations. The fund announced that it was consolidating its statewide real estate office network over the next three years. Starting in September 2011, it will cut staffing at its Market Street headquarters in San Francisco and relocate many corporate functions to offices in Pleasanton, Vacaville, and Sacramento state fund also plans to consolidate regional claims and underwriting functions throughout the state. The company said it expected this would result in savings of nearly $200 million in operating costs over the next three years. The fund announced several steps to achieve their goal of greater efficiency and long-term operational stability. However, the fund has no plans to lay off any of its 7,400 workers. Many workers will be asked to transfer to new locations. State Fund's business has dropped significantly because of SBA 899, which created a more competitive marketplace. The effects of the 2008 and 2009 recession also contributed to a steep drop in revenues. State Fund currently accounts for 18% of the market compared with a high of 52% eight years ago. Total written premiums have fallen to $1.1 billion from $8 billion in 2002. Retired Judge David O'Brien demonstrated the online version of his 6,000-page workers' compensation textbook at last week's monthly meeting of the Hearing Rep Association of California. His text is the culmination of over 43 years of his dedication to the field of workers' compensation. The online version is updated regularly and contains the latest developments in case law and statutory and regulatory changes. At the meeting, Judge O'Brien demonstrated how his text is searchable by keywords and how it has become a must-have tool for WorkComp professionals. His 6,000-page text is free and is online here at WorkComp Academy. Just click on the tab that says Legal Research and you have access to the entire text. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for some more news.